So today, for sake of time, I'm gonna I'm gonna move quickly. In this mission test, there is something that I want to show you very quickly. And first, I want to start in John ten or John chapter uh, ten, verses nine and ten. And I just want to look at that very quickly. It says, "I am the door." Now, who is the door? Jesus. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I, Jesus, have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. One translation says a full life. This is really important because there is an abundance of life that God has for us. And most of us never experience that fullness because we don't pass the tests that God has for us. And that's what this entire series has been about, is understanding the different tests that God has for us in doors of opportunity to move us to new levels. There's another passage I'm gonna take you to in the Old Testament, in Nehemiah, in the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter two, verse one. I'm gonna read four verses. And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, that I, Nehemiah, took the wine and gave it to the king. Now, I had never been sad in his presence before. Let me just share on this really quickly. The reason he had never been sad in his presence before is because a cupbearer was supposed to have no emotion and show no emotion because it was supposed to be about this. If he drank the wine and it killed him, that was his job, right? He was expendable. That's what it boils down to, all right? And if they were sad, it could mean death. If they came in and showed emotion because it could confuse the king, all right? So when wine was performed, that I took the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had never been sad in his presence before. Therefore, the king said to me, why is your face sad since you are not sick? This is nothing but a sorrow of heart. So I became dreadfully afraid. Now you know why he was afraid. And said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies waste and its gates are burned with fire? Then the king said to me, what do you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. The king asked a question and he immediately, instead of just throwing out an answer, he prayed to the God of heaven. May that be our response in moments of crisis and moments that matter in critical moments of our life. May our response always be, God, what am I supposed to say? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the time that we have together. Thank you for all the experiences that we have. Thank you for this team that went to Uganda in a very scary time in our world. But Father, thank you for people that say yes. And Father, I pray this, that as we sow the seed of your word into the lives of your people, that Father, it would find good soil in our hearts and that it would return a harvest of good in each of our lives. Father, I pray that you would convict us and that you would make us better. Because our goal is always, Father, is this, that when we leave our time in your presence and together, that God, we would leave this place in this moment 
changed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Turn your neighbor and say, it's already been a good day. Oh, come on. It's already been. Some of you have to speak in faith. Oh, it's been a good day. When I read this passage, there's so much that jumps out of me at me. And when I, I think about this mission test and what we need to accomplish in our lives, it really comes down to this idea. And it's an old story. Many of you have heard it. It's not anything new, but there was a, a man and his son, and they were walking down a beach. And as they were walking down a beach, as the tide was coming in, there was an old man, and he was standing at the at the shore, and there were all these starfish laying everywhere around, and they were just, that was coming in with the tide. And the truth is, is that those starfish were going to die because they could not get back to the water as the tide went back out. And as they got closer, they began to see this old man, and he would lean down and he would pick up a starfish and he would throw it back out into the water. He would lean down and find another. He would throw it out into the water. And the father and the son went to the old man and said, you know, what are you doing? And he said, I'm rescuing starfish. And they looked around and there were thousands and thousands of starfish that had washed up onto the shore. And he goes, well, you can't possibly get all of them. You can't possibly save all these starfish. And that little that old man leaned down and picked up another one and threw it out into the water and says, I can save that one. You see, all of us can do something. But the problem in our lives is we think we can't do massive things. We stall out and we say, well, I, I just if I can't save them all, if I can't save the nation, if I can't start a revival, if I can't do this, then why even try? But the truth of the matter is, the gospel is about one. The mission test is about one. See, you can't reach everybody. I can't reach everybody. Together we can do more. But if we would just simply make the choice in our minds and say, you know what? I may not be able to do everything, but I can do something. I can say yes somewhere. I can make a difference. And that's what I want you to get in your heads today as we have this short amount of time is, yes, you can make a difference. And there are people all around you every day that are needing someone to be a messenger of hope. Somebody to speak life in a world that speaks only death. I mean, have you ever noticed when you turn on the television, everything that we see is relatively negative. If you turn on the evening news, whether it be national or local, I told Tawana, I said, you know what? These news stations are going to have a real problem when everybody gets used to COVID and moves on and realizes what's actually going on. When we all move on, they're not going to know what to do because 90% of their programming is talking about how everybody's dying. It's true. That's not a political statement. It just was what it is. The world speaks death, but the gospel speaks life. So what I'm trying to tell you is that what people need are people that are speaking life. And this is the mission test. This is the litmus test of you getting to the next level of your life. Because to get through the next door that God has for you, there will be a test of, are you willing to do something for God when there's not crowds cheering you on? 
Are you willing to do what God has presented in front of you when there's no glory involved for you, when there's not a cash reward, when there's not somebody giving you a trophy, when there's not somebody said, wow, you are amazing. The litmus test of this is simply saying, I'm going to obey God no matter what's going on. You see, the fact that we had the missions team on the platform today made no difference to whether they were going to go or not. They were going with deep concern, with some reasonable trepidation, and with me and Tawana praying, saying, do we need to cancel this thing? No, let's let them, let's go. No, they've got this far. They need to finish. They said yes where many would say no. But if they had not have said yes, they wouldn't have the stories and the life-changing moments that happen when we give ourselves to God fully. And we experience. In America, let me tell you something. I can tell you right now, as a pastor of all these years, I've been doing this for over 20, I don't even know, we're about 30 years, I think. We've been doing this a long time. And as I look back over this, I can tell you that people in church in America, if there was water in the lobby, they'd be saying, oh, we can't go here today. No, 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 there may be. It's raining outside. Now, God does not expect me to go to the house of God when it's raining. God forbid. Yet we hear about women in another nation who are hungry for God and show up with no roof in the middle of a rainstorm in water up to their ankles. And my guess is not one of them complained. We complain when it's too warm. We complain when it's not warm enough. We complain, does the preacher not have a watch? Right? Or is that just me? I only do that when other preachers are preaching, not when I'm doing it. But I mean, I'm telling you, we have all these things that we look at, and, and here's what I just wanted to remind us of. They would never have had that experience. They would never have seen God healing people. They would never have seen some of the things that have changed them. And I'm telling you, there are things that changed them. I can look at every one of those and tell you right now that their spiritual walk and the depth of their understanding and their faith is massively different now than it was before they went. But it all starts with yes. Now, I'm not telling you you have to go to Uganda, Africa. Some of you need to simply go home and say yes. Because the challenges in our lives start at home. I, it fascinates me. We live in a culture where kids tell the parents what they need to do. Has anybody noticed that? Right? Now, and here's the thing. Now, I'll, there's a bunch of us in here that said, oh, oh, yes. And 90% of you are the ones that do it as well. We live in a culture that does that. And it seems normal. So when a parent is a parent, it's abnormal. So what I want you to understand is when we come to this place, we realize the mission test is not just on the foreign field. The mission test is at our homes. It's in our church. Because I can tell you right now, there's somebody sitting in your area. There's somebody watching this online. There's somebody that is close to you right now that's in the greatest pain of their entire life. 
Will you say yes and be a bringer of hope? Or will you go about your business and just do your thing? Do you see what I'm saying? It's a test that God brings to us. And, and I think it's so important to look at Nehemiah to get a picture of this because Nehemiah is in a very difficult place. We can't take that lightly. He's in a place where his life is on the line at this and he's let his emotions for his sadness, for his homeland, all this is kind of breaking loose inside of him at this moment. And I can tell you that most of us, myself included, I'm afraid, I'm very afraid that if I were to be in that situation, that I would say, I'll follow my gut. A lot of us follow our gut way too much, don't we? But anyway, I'm going to follow what I feel. But see, Nehemiah, in this moment, when it was a time to make a decision, yes or no, because this is the thing, he was about to embark on the legacy that he would leave on this planet. He didn't know what was coming next. He didn't realize that that door was that big, but this was the test. What will you do? How will you respond? And I love his response. I asked God what he would have me say. God, what do I do? How do I answer? See, I love that. Because if we answer on our own, we get trapped in emotion. We get trapped in all those things that honestly end up misleading us rather than correctly leading us. And I think that's where we run into this. So I just want to give you two things today in the next couple minutes that I want you to walk away with. And I said a couple minutes, I, re I repent. It won't be that short. Okay, key thought. Your first key thought is this. What if you did for one? What if you do for one what you wish you could do for everyone? What if you did for one what you wish you could do for everyone? It starts with one person. I talk to people all the time. They said, Pastor, I'm going to start a business and I am going to get rich. I'm like, awesome. Let's talk about your commitment to missions, right? No, no, no. They say, I'm going to get rich. I'm going to get all oh, this. going to be amazing. And I'm just so excited. And they start with the idea that there are going to be thousands of customers knocking down their doors to buy their product. And then they realize that it really starts with the first customer. Because you can't have the second one without the first one. And they get so focused on the mass that they forget that it starts with saying yes to one. You see, when we learn to do for one what we want to do for everyone, it begins to change us. And we've been programmed that I can't do that. I'm here to tell you something. The Bible in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, I want you to get that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm going to say it again because I need you to get this. Is this, I can do, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Why is that so important? Why am I kind of harping on that? Did you know that the average teenager has heard that they can't do something over 148,000 times by the time they're 18 years old? We need to be the people that change that and start being the, yes, you can, because when you have Christ in you, when the Spirit of God lives inside of you, nothing is impossible. You can do it, right? Yes, you can. We need to be, be the people that say 
they can. Here we have a cupbearer who was expendable in the eyes of the world. He wasn't a prophet. He wasn't anything necessarily special. But you know what I love? That God loves to use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. You know, the, 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 the short of it is simply this, and is, uh, I'm not allowed to say that in today's world because I'm 6'3". I don't get to say short because it offends people. So I'm trying to be careful because I don't want to offend any of you snowflakes. But anyway, the... Um, <laughs> sorry. So, so, you know, when doing what I do, I get the opportunity to speak to a lot of people. And I get to share faith. I get to share hope. I get to share the message of the cross. But this is not what I thought my life would look like. You see, I had a plan for my life, just like probably some of you do. But God's plan turned out to be very different than what I thought it would be. And when I say that is I can tell you this, that it, and I'll, I'll encapsulate it with this little story. On occasion, I'll run into somebody that I knew in my past. Anybody else have a past? Y'all know what I'm talking about? In my past. And um, I'll run into them, and inevitably the question always comes, so what do you do for a living? Great, because you know what that means. Because, you know, first they're, cut, they're cussing a blue streak and they're talking about all their escapades and all that stuff. And you say, I, I'm a pastor. Oh, you know, I go to church all the time and I just love Jesus. And you're like going, yeah, I know, I know. But now here's what's funny is they'll say, what? And I'll say, yeah, I, I'm a pastor. He goes, you mean like your dad? I went, kind of. And they go, yeah, but you used to fill in the blank. And I'd say, yeah, I know. Then how can you do that? And I said, because Jesus changed me. Because I'm not the same as I was. And see, here's what I want to point out in that, is that too many of us don't think we can do something amazing for God. Because we're so focused on our past or the majestic things that we see in the world. And you know what it took for me that day? When the decision was made for me, my father came to me one day and said, son, I need you to preach for me. I'd never preached to adults. I'd been a youth pastor. And I thought, dear God, If, the, if their kids are as messed up as these kids are, the parents have got to be really messed up. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget, it was after that sermon, there's a couple of you that might even remember that day, and it was pretty bad. But it was that day that I realized that my life was fixing to take another trajectory. And if I had said no to that moment, I would have failed the mission test. You see, what I want you to understand in your life, that God has a mission test for you. And the question is, will you say yes? The question is, will you say, God, how should I answer? 
In other words, what is the first place that you turn to? Do you turn to your past? Do you turn to your experience? No, this is what's fantastic about Nehemiah. He knew who to turn to in critical moments. That's what I want you to see in this. When the mission test has taken place, you need to know who to turn to in that moment because a one moment can absolutely redirect and transform your life. One moment. One moment when a certain couple came into this church to see their son baptized. Little did they know that just a few months later, they'd be filled with the Holy Spirit and thinking, what in God's name just happened to me? And now is totally different because God transforms. What if they had said no in that moment? What if they said, this is too weird for me? What if they had a said, you know what, I don't know. No, they said yes, and they knew who to turn to. So what I'm challenging you to do today is that if you're going to move into that place of opportunity in your life, there's something that you need to understand. It's your last key thought that we'll share. Anywhere that there is opportunity, anywhere that there is opportunity to do something for God, there will be opposition. Let me just say that again because some of you really need to get this because you think that if God opens a door, you're just walking through unscathed. I've been doing this a long time. I've got some battle scars. And those battle scars came from opportunity. But that's the beauty of what God does. So listen, Anywhere there is opportunity to do something for God, there will be opposition. Can I tell you this right now? Some of you today, some of you that are listening to this and watching this today, some of you are going to come to a moment here in just a few moments where you know that you need to change some things in your life, that you need to deal with some sin in your life, and you need to have a come-to-Jesus moment. And when that moment comes you're going to be faced with a, a challenge of saying, yes, I need Jesus. Yes, I need to commit. Yes, I need to give all of myself to Christ. But even in that opportunity, there will be opposition. There will be that little voice in the back of your head. You don't need to do that. Why would you do that? These people will think you are an idiot. First of all, can I just tell you right now, if that's what makes you an idiot, we're a bunch of idiots. Because we've all been there. We've all been there. I'm going to tell you right now, I grew up in an old-fashioned Pentecostal church, and my dad was the king of altar calls. He could. He could preach. I tell everybody all the time, my daddy could preach, Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall, and he had a great fall. Ha! That's, that's when you know. All the king's horses and all the king's men could not put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Now bow your head and close your eyes all across the room. I'll have to do it here. Do you hear that sound? That's your heart. You're not guaranteed the next moment. And today I can tell you this, that you may have tied your shoes this morning, but the undertaker could untie them tonight. Yeah, 
telling you. Right? I got saved like 5,000 times. Yeah, any teenage boy is like, nope, 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 had that thought. I need to repent. I'm coming to the altar. But some of you will face that moment. But I'm just here to tell you something, that you've got to come against the opposition. And you need to learn to trust God. Because in mine and Tawana's journey, there are a lot of places we wanted to quit. There are a lot of doors of mission that we were like, oh, heck no. God called us to places that we didn't want to be. But we obeyed. And because of the investment that my parents placed in us and those people that helped raise me, some of you are in this room, because of what they put into me, we understood that in those critical moments of our life, who do I turn to? And that's what I would tell you today. Be a Nehemiah. Be someone who knows where to turn in a critical moment. Be someone that understands that doors of opportunity, next level moments, don't just happen all the time. Don't miss the opportunity that God has for you. Face the opposition. See, some of the opposition that you face is hurt. I can't walk through that door because I hurt too bad. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they said about me. You don't know how they abused me. I know. Because we've all been there. But what I can tell you this as I close. That we serve a faithful God. And when you stand and confront the opposition. God will always meet you at that place. So say yes. That's my beg of you. I believe with all my heart that we live in a time that seriously Jesus could come back at any time. Will you be ready? You know, when I say those kind of things, all these different things that my daddy used to say always comes to mind. But the one thing that I can tell you that stands true between anything I would say, anything he would say, or anybody that loves Jesus would say, my life is so much better because I said yes. Not perfect. Because you know why it's not perfect? Because I'm me. But the beauty it's, it's not just about me. It's about me saying yes because then Jesus comes in and changes who we are. But we still have all this world around us that fights us. That's what He brought the church for. So that we could be in together in community and be strength for each other. So today, maybe that's you. Maybe you've been struggling. Maybe you found yourself in this time that you've kind of slipped away from your belief. Maybe you've, you've slipped away from your commitment to God. Maybe you're watching this, hearing this. Maybe you're here today, and you've really never made a true decision to follow Christ. Say yes, and watch what God will do. Would you bow your head and close your eyes all across the room this morning? Today, as we sit in this place, the truth is that my dad was right. 
Every heartbeat brings us closer to meeting Jesus face to face. And the real question is what will be his response? Because here's what we know. Now, I don't know what your tradition is or where you come from, but where I come from with my understanding of Scripture and the way our church believes that there is a real hell and there's a real heaven. And the answer is the question that will be confronted to you in that moment is what will Jesus say? Because he'll say one of two things. Welcome home, my good and faithful servant. Or depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Today you can leave knowing what that answer would be. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here today and say, Pastor, this is my mission test. This is the first place right now for me to go through the next door of my life. I need to receive Christ. I need to repent. I need to get right with God. Whatever that looks like in your life, you say, Pastor, that's me. I simply want you to slip your hand up right where you are. If you're watching online, you can do that in the comments. You can do it however you want to. You can send us a direct message, whatever is easier for you. But right now, just wherever you are, slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? I don't want to miss anybody in this room. You say, I know that I need Jesus. Because I can tell you right now, thank you. I am a professional. I grew up, I, I knew how to play the game. I grew up in the church. But there came a day that I had to come clean and have a real conversion experience for myself. Thank you. Anybody else say, Pastor, I need to get right with God. Amen. You can place your hands back down. Now I'm going to ask everyone in this building just to stand to your feet right where you are. And I'm going to ask you this question. And you can do this with your eyes open. Say, Pastor, I'm facing some stuff in my life and I know that it's a test. And pa I want to make the right decision. You say, Pastor, I want you to be praying for me this week because I want to pass the test. I want to do it right. I want to be a Nehemiah. If that's you right now, say, Pastor, be praying for me. I just want you to hold your hand up high and just hold it up so I'll remember how to pray for you this week. Just keep them up just for a minute. Some of you just pretend like you, you're, pretend like you're Pentecostal just for a minute. Amen. You can pay your hands. Thank you. I want to pray for every one of you, and then we're going to pray together for those that are choosing Jesus today. As we get ready to do that, I'm going to ask our altar workers and our pastors that are available to make their way to the front to receive people. And as they're coming, I want to pray for all of you that raise your hand. And know this, when I say I'm praying for you this week, you can count on the fact that I'm praying for you this week. So let me just speak over you now even. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus... God, I speak over every person within the sound of my voice that has responded that, God, you would grip their hearts. That, God, in those critical moments that they would turn to you, that the voices of the world would get dim and the voice of your spirit would grow loud. Father, I pray that they would pass the test that you have in front of them for the greatest opportunity of their life. And Father, I rebuke the enemy on their behalf. Where the enemy would speak death, I speak life. Where the enemy would speak destruction, <laughs> I speak growth. And Lord, I speak this, where the enemy would say 
you don't need this. I pray that the Spirit of God would be so loud and strong that that message of hope would say, you've got this. So Father, I speak over everyone right now in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now you raise your hand and you said, Pastor, I need Jesus. Here's what I want to do. There's three things. Number one, tell somebody about the decision that you're making today. Tell somebody, you weren't meant to walk this path alone. We need each other. And we'll walk as far as we can with you. Number two is make sure that you get connected. Connection changes things. You say, well, how do I do that? So I don't have anybody to tell. You do now. You don't have to be ashamed of it because you just said, you're about to say a prayer that's changing everything. You're now on the inside. And I'm telling you, we want to help you. And number three is this. If you have questions, ask them. Ask them. Don't be afraid. There's no such thing as a stupid question. We want you to grow. And we're right here. So as a family, we're going to pray this prayer. Wherever you're at today, join us. This is a wonderful place to start. And the other thing I would say, get grounded in a Bible-believing church so that you can be encouraged and you can grow. So important. But we're going to say this prayer all together as a family. You can simply repeat it after me. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and make me new. I receive you, Jesus, as my Savior right now. I repent of my sin and I turn away from my past. Today I'm forgiven and I'm a new creation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Come on, give the Lord some praise. Welcome home. Welcome home. What I want to do is we're going to open the